Welcome to Food is Not a Four-Letter Word, the podcast where you ditch the diet drama, banish body shame, and reclaim your life, all while creating a body you love. When it comes to body drama, your host, Carmela Romalia, has been there, done that, has the t-shirt, and wrote the books. And now, here's Carmela. Hello, hello, my friends. It's me, Carmela, from Happy Calories Don't Count, with episode number 23 of the Food is Not a Four-Letter Word podcast. So before any further ado, let's start this show with our three deep breaths, shall we? Let's take a deep breath in. And exhale. And again, deep breath in. And exhale. And last one, all the way down to your toes. Deep breath in. And exhale all the stale air out of your body. Just let it all go. Great. Thank you so much for playing along with me. So for all of my new friends out here in podcast land, the reason that we do these three deep breaths at the beginning of each episode um, serve multiple purposes. One, it is to ground myself uh, so that I don't go full Carmela on you. I am Italian. I am an actress. I am passionate. And I often will go into my little character voices. I haven't done this little disclaimer in a while, um, especially when I'm speaking about something that just riles me up. You know, I'll, I can I can sound really snarky. And what I need you to understand is that when you hear me be snarky, my snark is never directed at you personally. Anytime I get riled up and anytime, you know, I'm calling something out, it's never about you. It is about the mindsets and the cultural ideas and all of the junk out there that is keeping you stuck in your pain, shame, and dysfunction around food, exercise, your body, and your weight. It's the stuff that keep that keeps you stuck that I get really angry at. And so that's the stuff that I might get all riled up about. And by taking these three deep breaths in the middle, at the beginning of the episode, in the middle of the episode, um, I need to do that too. But right here at the beginning... It helps ground me a little bit, helps calm me and center me so that as I speak, these are all stream of conscious podcasts. I just, you know, get the dog quiet, pull out the microphone, set up the studio and start waxing philosophical that as I am connected to my highest power, my highest source, my center, that hopefully I am speaking whatever you need to hear. But it in the moment today, whoever listens to it at any given point in time, I'm trusting in the powers that be that w- I will say things in such a way that will resonate with whoever needs to hear them in the moment that will provide the greatest healing and transformation. So that's why I do the three deep breaths for myself. For you, they are a way to model for you how quickly and easy it is to do that for yourself, you know, to take a beat, take a breath, step into the present moment and ground yourself, you know, energetically, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, physically, 
but also to allow that just half a beat, that half a second where you can disengage from whatever is going on in the world, in the current moment that might be triggering you or that might be causing you anxiety or makes you want to say something that you know you're going to regret later, whatever it is that helps you just take that half a second to breathe, drop into your body, connect with your source, and then from a place of purpose and power, you can take that next step forward in time and space rather than just being in reactive mode all the time. So, and then there's also something mystical and magical about, you know, the breath of life. There is something that actually physiologically happens with your body when you breathe, when you get fresh air, when you get oxygen into your lungs. So those are all of the reasons, some, maybe maybe not all, some of the reasons that I start the show that way. And for those of you that are new, this show is about healing and transforming all of the pain, shame, and drama you might have about food, exercise, your body, and your weight. It We do that by switching from the transaction-based model of diet and exercise, which I believe, in my opinion, is the source of all of the dysfunction, all of the, the psychological assumptions and mindsets and drama that we suffer when we're dealing with food, exercise, body, and weight issues, it comes from a disconnect from our body. We don't believe we can trust ourselves or our body because that transaction-based model of diet and exercise teaches us that we can't. And it sets up calories as a currency of exchange. It says we have to pay a price to eat. That price is exercise or weight gain. And so then we can't connect with our body and we do all of these sorts of mental gymnastics to try to override our body's natural instincts. and It just creates a big mess. And so what we do here on the show is we shift you into a relationship relationship-based model of health and well-being where the primary relationship is between you and your body. And from that, you learn to trust your body, to follow its impulses. You understand that your body has your back. It knows what it needs to eat. It knows what to do for exercise. And when you follow the wisdom and guidance of your body, miraculous things happen. You know, you you don't feel like you're on a diet. You're naturally inspired to eat whatever your body wants to eat. Uh, it's different for everybody because everybody's a unique individual. But the best part is that all of the junk is gone. All of the dysfunction, all of the drama, that monkey is off your back. And from this place of freedom and peace and joy, you're moving forward through time and space while you're optimizing your physical results. So you get physical results too. And that's what we do here on the podcast. That's what I do with Happy Calories Don't Count. That's what I do with my books. All of that stuff is about healing and transforming your relationship with food, exercise, your body, and your weight. Now, for those of you who don't already know this about me, I'm also a teacher. I used to teach high school geometry and calculus and economics, and and I've been teaching Pilates for the last 25 years. So we know, or I know, teachers know, (laughs) educators know that one of the ways to um, facilitate education, facilitate understanding, um, 
teaching isn't just transfer of knowledge. You know, it isn't just, you know, like two plus two equals four, and then it's a rote two plus two equals four, and then somehow knowledge is transferred and you've taught. Um, That is one level, but it's more than that, especially when you're getting into um, philosophies, ideas like trying to teach critical thinking skills, trying to teach problem-solving skills, trying to um, help people develop different perspectives and different ways of, of navigating life. You know, philosophy classes, religion classes, political science classes, you know, Zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance, you know, Zen in the art of war or, you know, whatever it is. There is this, this thing in education about one of a, a really effective way to help someone understand something new is t- is through metaphor is to take something that they already understand and and then turn that into an analogy or a metaphor with the new information with the new concepts and that's that's one way that education can occur and so I do that a lot on this show I talk about current events I I am not I'm not a political person. So when I am speaking about, you know, like last episode, I think it was, I was talking about how out in the world right now, at least where I live um, with the pandemic, you see people wearing masks and not wearing masks. And this seeing seeing some people wear masks and seeing other people not wear masks shows you that there's contrast. It shows you that there is an opposing point of view. And one of the reasons that it's really hard to get out of diet drama land, you know, that place where you have all of that pain, shame and dysfunction around your body and your weight is because there isn't really an opposing, an obvious opposing point of view. So it's literally like being in the matrix. You don't even know that you're in that. So I talk about lots of different things. Um, And it's always as a metaphor to help you try to attach ideas from other situations that you might have seen or experienced in your life. And then how is that similar to or different from your struggles with food, exercise, your body, and your weight? And so today's show, um, we're going to be talking about... um, church and God and and religion and cults and fun things like that. So again, this is this isn't preachy and um and I respect anybody's point of view, you know. So th- I'm this is not a sermon. <laughs> this is this is my experience of going to church and going, "Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, this is so cool because everything he's saying is just like happy calories don't count until he gets to the metaphor because he's trying to make his point. So, and what I said earlier, you know, was like what teachers do is they'll take something that everybody knows something about and then use that as the example to illustrate a point. So he's going through this thing, perfect, perfect, perfect. I'm like, yeah, this is so happy calories. Boom. He wants to use an example of weight loss and he goes right into diet drama land. So that's what I'm going to be building too. So I'm going to describe my recent adventures in church. So I, um, I'm i not really a churchgoer. Uh, I do have, you know, my relationship with, I, I don't even know what to call it, um, the universe, God, spirit, my higher self, Jesus, whatever. I don't know. Um, to me, it feels like it's it's a mystery. It's it's beyond the realm of words, and that's just my personal take, my my personal experience. You know, it's all it's all good, and I have honestly been struggling lately. So, um, and I think it was in another 
episode where um, I was calling out the idea where we get into this really weird comparison game where we see somebody that we think has a body that we admire um, or somebody that we think is beautiful or somebody that we you know, would see as successful, and we project this happiness onto them. We project this shiny, happy um, identity onto that person because we kind of think, well, if we looked that way, well, then we would be happy. And so all it, it, gets, it gets really crazy and dysfunctional, um, all of the mind games that we can get into from this comparison game that ultimately is born from that core diet and exercise model. I, I kind of feel like, um, to use a religious phrase, it's the root of all evil. It's not the root of all evil. It is the root of a lot of pain, shame, and dysfunction. And so that's why I'm constantly calling it out and constantly calling out the mindsets that naturally follow from those assumptions and how those mindsets then create all the craziness that we have. Um, so anyway... Even though I've kind of got it sorted out with, you know, food, exercise, my body and my weight and and I'm, you know, a relatively happy person and I've got a great life and, you know, things are good. Um, I got to tell you, two years into this pandemic, <laughs> I'm starting to feel the heat. It's like it's just come on people like let's let's just, you know, and I am in a am, I'm in a very um uh, locked down state. So our governor has locked down um, that we've we've been businesses have been locked down multiple times. And now we're in a place where, you know, we've got the mask mandates, we've got the vax mandates, we've got the vax passports, we've got all of this stuff. So the climate of the just just not being able to live life and see people and do things with people, um, all of that kind of stuff, like I'm I'm a people person. And so, you know, I, I have I have not had my normal um, just social engagement with with other human beings for a very long time. And it's starting to wear on me, as I'm sure it's starting to wear on a lot of people in different places throughout the world. So uh, last week, I was kind of at my wits end and I just reached out on um, one of my online groups and I'm like, I'm really struggling here, <laughs> you know, like, help, I am, I'm really at my wits end. Um, I need, I need support, I need ideas, I need, you know, people to talk to, just help me, please. And one of the comments um, on my little group, this woman that I've never met before, she, and but I think she's probably a nice person because, you know, she's in this group that I I haven't met a lot of the people personally, but a lot of people seem really nice. And she reached out and she says, you want to go to church with me on Sunday? And I said, sure. You know, I I, had, I don't remember the last time I was in a church, but it felt, it just felt like, yes, I should go. I should go to church. So I went to church last Sunday and it was really fun. The, uh, the specific group of people, the specific congregation, they had a legit rock band. I mean, there were, they didn't have a drum kit, but they had a keyboard. They had uh, a lead guitar, rhythm guitar. I think they had two basses and they had four vocalists, you know, singing the songs. And it was, it was just a really fun time. And then the pastor was giving uh, his sermon as as a comedy routine, you know, it, it would be like a Dave Chappelle or a, um, who's the other guy that I just recently, you know, any of those comedians that they're trying to 
make their point, but they're doing it through comedy. And so you're you're laughing at the stories, but then, you know, it's kind of poignant too. It's not, it's not just, you know, like potty jokes or things like that, um, one after another. So it was a really fun experience. And what he did uh, is he, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, was was speaking his sermon that was a perfect metaphor for happy calories don't count. So that really that really piqued my curiosity. So he started the the sermon out by. Trying to, and I think he pulled it off um, Wikipedia or something. I I actually googled the definitions, and I have them here in front of me. But the difference between a cult and a religion, and so he said that a cult, and I don't remember exactly what he said because I wasn't taking notes from him, but I was. Um, I, I remember the general idea, and so I just went to Google and I googled my own uh, results. But according to Dictionary dot com or whatever from Google, uh, a cult is a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. It is a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. It is a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. Um, It's a small religious group that is not part of a larger or more accepted religion that has beliefs regarded by many as extreme or dangerous. It also is a situation in which people admire or care about something or someone way too much. So these are the ideas behind cult. And then over here on religion, religion is the belief in and worship of a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal god or gods. It is a particular system of faith and worship, a pursuit or interest to which someone ascribes supreme importance. It's the belief in a god or group of gods, an organized system of beliefs, ceremonies, and rules used to worship a god or group of gods. And then it's also an interest, a belief, or an activity that is very important to a person or a group. And so um, it's very it's very interesting, um, my little spidey senses, you know, going up. Um, like on one hand, a cult is a situation in which people admire and care about something too much. It's um, a religious group. And then this religion, it's an organized system of ceremonies and rules used to worship something. Uh, and I'm kind of bringing those phrases to the forefront uh, because before I was podcasting, I was blogging. And there, I remember that there was one particular, well, actually a couple, I've, I've written about this a couple of different times, about how people who are suffering from food issues, whether it is, you know, an extreme version, like a full-blown eating disorder, or whether it's, you know, that monkey on your back, that that one of the a characteristic, you know, something that a lot of people uh, experience is this, you know, this idea of, you know, caring a little too much about your body and your weight um, from that kind of cultish 
kind of perspective. Now, I have a different opinion on that. Um, Side note, okay? So my happy calories don't count opinion on that is that it is not cultish. (laughs) It is not a religion. It is, is all of that crazy stuff is not is not that that desire to feel good in your body and feel good about your body is not a bad thing. It's a very important thing and it is one of the most important things in your life because your body is the vehicle through which you experience this life. So how you feel in your body and how you feel about your body is going to directly impact your experience of every little single moment of your life. So from a happy calories don't count perspective, you know, this is a really important relationship that we are cultivating because to have a dysfunctional relationship between yourself and your body is definitely going to negatively impact the quality of your life. And that's leading me to this other idea that this pastor was talking about. So to circle back to this, what I was writing about in the blogs is that when I hear people speak, not everybody, but there, there, it, it's a common theme about how, like, oh my gosh, you know, I have to pay penance. This, this, there, there are these kind of cultish and religious ideas around food and exercise from that diet and exercise model. It's like, oh, I'm going to sin. I'm going to eat a cookie. I'm a bad girl. You know, oh, I, I, you know, went off my diet. I, I wasn't, um, I didn't have enough austerity. I, I couldn't withstand, you know, the rules and the pressure. And so now I have to go pay penance. I have to skip meals or I have to, you know, go work out at the gym, extra hours on the treadmill, whatever it is. So I have met a lot of people and I've spoken with a lot of people where there is this underlying current, this underlying sentiment of, of, cult and religion both um, influencing their relationships between their bodies and themselves. So back to back to church. Uh, and he uh, he said that the title of his sermon was Losing My Religion. Um, and, you know, of course, there's that REM song, Losing My Religion. And I think that is actually a legitimate just expression down in the South that losing my religion is is just an expression that people use. Um, but he was making that, you know, obviously a point about the, the title of his sermon. And what he was trying to articulate is he was trying to, I don't know specifically because, you know, I'm not in his head and I'm just kind of out here in the audience kind of reading between the lines. But I think he was trying to set up some kind of analogy between cult and religion because he was giving those definitions. But essentially what he ended up trying to say, uh, which was very happy calories, is that a religion, you know, what this idea of religion um, can be very hurtful. And it can like be missing the fo- the forest for the trees because people get caught up on the rules of the religion and and depending on which religion or which denomination, <clears throat> excuse me, you're a part of, the rules can change and vary, and some are more severe than others, but that people get caught up in the rules of the religion and feel like they are 
a good person or they're a God-fearing person or whatever because they're following these rules, but inside they their their soul is suffering, you know, because it's not about the rules. It's about the relationship. And so and so he was trying to speak about it's your relationship with Christ or it's your relationship with God or the divine or, you know, whatever. Um and so he was trying to make that analogy. And and he just kept going through example over example after example. I'm like, yes, exactly. See, that's exactly happy calories don't count because people get caught up on the the quote unquote religion of the diet and exercise model, the religion of being vegan, the religion of being organic um, or of keto or of, you know, paleo or uh, no sugar or whatever, whatever the diet is, whatever the, the exercise program is, whatever the, um, the hormone therapy, the supplements, you know, whatever it is, people will get caught up in the rules of that and miss out on the relationship with their body. Now, from a happy calories don't count perspective, when I'm speaking to my particular audience, who is my audience, because we're trying to heal all of these dysfunctions, um, whether it's, you know, just self-esteem issues or just the monkey on your back issues or actually some legitimate weight issues that you're just trying to navigate. There are plenty of people out there who can be paleo, who can be keto, who can be vegan, all organic, whatever, and not have the food issues, right? They, there, there, is, there is a certain set of the population out there that's just, tell me what to do and I'll do it, you know, like a little robot. There's, there's no internal angst. There's no suffering. There's no existential torment from following a diet or exercise program. And with us, there is, and I would contend that that existential angst comes as a result of the disconnect from your body and the disconnect from your higher self that comes as a result of trying to some to follow some arbitrary external authority to guide you for your food and exercise choices rather than connecting to your source and to your body and following the wisdom and guidance of your body. It's that disconnect that is creating all of the pain and shame and the drama and and all of the craziness. So, he goes on to have all of these different kinds of examples about how it's not the rules, you know, and he did his funny little comedy routine about how you you hit the rule about envy and then you hit the rule about coveting thy neighbor's wife and you hit the the rule about, you know, road rage and not murdering people and whatever and you're just getting sucked in and you're all stressed out and you're forgetting the essential thing is the relationship. Um your relationship with your creator, whatever that is. So I'm going, yeah, dude, this is this is right. You know, I I should have been taking notes. I wonder if you have your sermon online somewhere and I can, you know, write a little blog, write a little parallel thing, do a podcast on it. You know, this is just so awesome. I was so in the moment. And then he was also his next point was about um he kept calling it making majors out of minors. Um so like making big deals out of a really stupid little thing. And and he was speaking in terms of, you know, 
religion or whatever. And I see the same stuff kind of happening with the food and exercise thing. It's like you you go into these crazy little things about like, oh, my goodness, um, I'm vegan for quote unquote health, not because of the um, there are people who are vegan because they they have a moral ethical stance about the treatment of animals. And that's totally appropriate. And that's totally OK. And if if that's who you are and who you want to be, yay. Um, then there are people who are vegan more from a health perspective because somewhere along the line they heard, you know, if I eat a whole food plant-based diet, I will be more healthy, yay. So that's going to be what they're going to try to do. But then this type of person who's just eating vegan for health comes across, you know, they're at a birthday party and then suddenly there's a cake and the cake has milk and eggs in it. And oh my goodness, can I eat it? You know, um, that from a macro perspective, that's such a, a, it's, it's such a minor little detail. You know, um, in that in that respect, like if you're coming at it from a, a moral philosophical perspective, that's a different deal than if you're just coming at it from, oh, my goodness, you know, I, I there's egg and milk in this cake that I want to eat for a birthday. Or if you're going out to dinner and the salad comes and it's already dressed, um, if you are concerned about now, it's one thing. You know, it's one thing if you asked not to have dressing on the salad because you legitimately don't like dressing or, you know, for whatever reason. It's one thing if you asked the server to, you know, provide a special accommodation for you and then the server forgot. Right. Um, so there's that issue to go through. But if it's something about like, oh, my goodness, there, there's butter on the toast and you're freaking out because suddenly there are a few more calories on the toast. Um, that's such a minor thing. You know, your 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 body does not know what a calorie is. You know, all all of these things that people are obsessing about. Your body doesn't know a calorie is an invention of man. Your your body your body knows what it wants and it needs, and your body can process and deal with so much stuff. Your body is miraculous. It's amazing, right? So he was the pastor in his sermon was talking about making majors out of minors, like making a big deal out of a little thing. Like I legitimately know people who will have their entire evening spoiled because um, their vegetables came and there was a teensy tiny tiny, teensy little bit of butter um, on the vegetables from the restaurant. Uh, and, you know, and and there's there's chaos and there's drama about it. And so we're and if there's chaos and there's drama, is it really about the food? And if it's really about the food, you know, is it really about the calories or is it really about the relationship? We if it's if if this is you, we really need to have a conversation, not because I'm calling you out because I think there's something bad about your behavior. But I'm I'm feeling like if this is you, then then you're you're very limited in in how you can experience enjoy life. And if you're cool with that, yay. But if you're suffering from it, you know, call me. We'll we'll chat. Um, but anyway, this idea of making majors out of minors. And then what happens is you don't have the time or the energy or even the perspective to make the majors out of the majors to like really because you're you're spending so much time making such big deals out of the little little things that you're not actually having the wherewithal to spend the time on the things that really really matter like the relationship with your body right heal the relationship with your body 
and the stupid butter on the on the vegetables at the restaurant is no big deal. If you want to eat it, you eat it. If you don't, you don't. But you don't go in and you don't get into this emotional, hysterical state about it. And you heal this relationship with your body. It also heals and transforms all the stuff about exercise. Exercise is not a penalty. Exercise is not a punishment. Exercise is not the price you pay to eat. Exercise in the context of a relationship is like a coffee date with your body. It's where you get to spend dedicated quality time with your body building that relationship. You get to feel what it feels like when you work a muscle and when you stretch a muscle and when your heart rate goes up and it comes back down and you get to feel what it physically feels like to inhabit your body to become embodied. So there was this big shift and I'm just going to, you know, like, yay, glory, hallelujah. I want this sermon. This is awesome because I can use it as a podcast because everything he said was just a metaphor for happy calories don't count. Yay, it's awesome. And then he wants to make his final point. (laughs) And when he makes his final point, he does it with a subject that the entire world knows something about. That's going to be weight loss or diet and exercise or management or whatever. And so now this this is the irony of this. This is why I just had to giggle. I mean, you got to laugh or cry, right? So he has just spent a good 40 minutes at least, at least 40 minutes talking about how, you know, it's, you got to not do the rules, you got to focus on the relationship, you got to stop making the majors out of the minors and make the majors out of the majors and all of this stuff. And so then he's going to come to this um, weight loss example, and how, you know, he had recently lost a bunch of weight. And you know how he did that. It's like, you just fill your stuff with the good food, and then you don't want it the bad. Let me say that again. He said, after 40 minutes of talking about relationships versus rules and talking about making majors out of minors, you just fill yourself with the good food and then you won't want to eat the bad. So I think his metaphor, I think his metaphor, what he was trying to say was, you know, like if you fill yourself with Christ or God or whatever, then there wouldn't be any room for the devil. And... um. And, and, you know, if you were going to really take an esoteric philosophical um, approach to all of this, you know, I don't know that I want to go there. Um, I'm not I don't I don't really want to debate philosophy or religion or anything like that. But there there is a room there is room to have the conversation about, you know, um, Jesus speaking with the devil, you know, the devil tempting Jesus, um, different conversations between God and the devil. And the dog, who needs to be quiet. <laughs> I told you these podcasts. I'm just trying. I'm doing the best I can here. So, um, again, when it comes to food and exercise, people do not even realize they're in the matrix. That's why it's so hard to get out. So, even even a pastor who spent 45 minutes making a sermon that was completely consistent with the principles of happy calories don't count. When he comes to the food example, 
It goes back into diet drama land. It goes back into this idea about judgment, about whether there is good food or whether there is bad food and what you need to do to only eat the good food, because if you eat the bad food, bad stuff will happen. That's all that rule stuff. All of that stuff came back to the rules. It came, it, you, lost, you lost the relationship and you went back to the rules. So if you are struggling to get out of diet culture, the cult of diet or the religion of diet and exercise drama and all of that stuff, what you need to do is to remember to focus on developing that relationship with your body. And I know if this is the first time you're hearing me speak, that can sound really, really scary and really, really crazy. Like, how can that possibly work? And the reason that you're feeling that way is because from within the context of the diet and exercise model, you can't trust your body. Within the context of the diet and exercise model, you are in that model to begin with because there's something about your body you don't like to begin with. There's something you want to change to begin with. And so from that perspective, you're going to follow these external authorities, these external sets of rules, these external, um, this external religion rather than to focus on the relationship with your body. And that, re that religion of diet and exercise tells you that you can't trust your body. It tells you that you have to override your body's natural instincts. You can only eat what and when that diet program tells you you can eat in order to quote unquote be successful. You can't just eat because you're hungry. You can't just eat because you feel like it or something looks appetizing. You can't just move your body for the joy of expressing the physicality of being alive in this physical world. No, exercise is always about burning calories and losing weight. And even though they say it builds strength and flexibility in the fitness industry, they're always also marketing it with the burning calories and losing weight. And isn't this a great thing to do? So you're constantly, constantly wrapped up in that cult culture, that religion of diet and exercise. And just like the Matrix, you don't even know you're in it. You know, you just just like that pastor, he didn't even know he was in it. So that is just another example of why it's so hard to get out. So give yourself some grace. If you're struggling, if you've been, if this is like episode number 23 and you've heard all the podcasts and you've gone to my YouTube channel and you've read my books and you're still struggling, you know, like what's going on, give yourself some grace. It's okay. Take a beat, take a breath, take three. Come back to your center, come back to your source, listen to your body, listen to your higher self, and it will tell you what you need to do for you to have the best, most highest congruent action for you in this moment in space and time on your particular journey. So with that, I can tell my dog is telling me that I need to get out of here. I will let you noodle on that, and I will talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye. If you enjoyed this program, help it out. Give it a like, subscribe, follow, share. You know the drill. If you want to learn more about me, my books, programs, and services, visit my website, carmelaramalia.com. And don't worry, if you can't spell my name, you can also always find me at happycalories.com. Take care.